They caught all the wild children and put them in zoos. They made them do sums and wear sensible shoes. They put them to bed at the wrong time of day and made them sit still when they wanted to play. They scrubbed them with soap and made them eat peas and they made them behave and say pardon and please. They took all their wisdom and wilderness away. That's why there are none in the forest today. The best things in life are wild and free. When camping, nature becomes a sacred space where witches can discover their true essence, embrace their passions and awaken their intuition. Witchy camping combines the joy of camping with the rich tapestry of spiritual practices found in witchcraft and nature-based practices. It fosters a sense of community and it deepens the connection with nature and allows us to explore and embrace our wild selves through rituals, meditation, immersive experience in the great outdoors, witchy campers can find harmony, balance and a profound sense of belonging to the earth and the spiritual realm. Welcome witches and beautiful souls, you are listening to the Bell Witch Podcast episode 9, which is quite exciting, we're nearly in double figures, so the next one should be quite special, being the 10th episode. We've got Jodie back, so the Bell Witches are together again, that's me, Swales, the friendly green witch, Jodie Jones and Mother Serpentine Tarot. In this episode, we are going to talk about how amazing camping is, like the essence of camping, our kind of camps, witchy camping, the people that you meet there, tips on having a good night's sleep, right down to when camping sucks. So if you are new to camping or you've been camping a long time, but you want to get into witchy camping, this is going to be the episode for you. So I hope you enjoy it. There's been a lot going on since we last recorded. We've both been away doing stuff. Jodie speaks about going to a medieval festival as a guest rather than as a tarot reader and I speak about about the sustainability show that I attended in Manchester we do the usual check-ins and shout outs so yeah enjoy I hope you like the poem that I just opened with this poem me and Jodie heard at a camp we went to last year for an opening ritual and we thought it quite true and connects to what we talk about in our podcast The poem was by Janine Willis. Have a look if you're interested. It's quite a cool poem. And then also I I read out the spiel, which we seem to have lost a little bit, but Jodie wrote one and I figured I should read it out for you. So yeah, sit back and enjoy. Here we are now then. We're back for another episode and I've got Jodie back with me. Hello. Our little hiatus last episode. Welcome back. We missed you. Everybody missed you. Well, on that note, I may as well plunge into my witchy week because I guess some people may have been wondering why I've been on hiatus and I have done a lengthy post about it on Instagram, but I've been having some fertility related health issues. So it means that I've been really, really paring back from, from all my work, really, my tarot readings, my classes, and just focusing on healing, nourishing myself and connecting with myself through this difficult time yeah yeah um, self-care is important and you've got to look after yourself yeah there's actually a tarot card for that for anybody wondering the four of swords is a card oh. and basically 
it's a card that warns of an enforced rest <laughs> and what that means is illness or injury but what it says that you can do is take time out resting reflecting recuperating and meditating and then you know hopefully avoid this illness injury or accident that will be the universe's way of kind of kicking you down and making you rest and reflect and recuperate i know this this car well because like when i broke my leg a few years ago i were getting the forest swords lots yeah, and we're ignoring it, rushing around with a baby in a sling. Ended up falling down a grassy hill with her in the sling and breaking my ankle really bad. And it took me seven months to recover from it, from things going wrong. So it was definitely the universe saying, like, if you're not going to sit down, I'm going to bloody make you sit down. Yeah. <laughs> seven months. <laughs> yeah. So for me, my intention has been to sort of stay home, focus on private magical workings and also emotional healing, just given everything that's been kicking off. And that said, I did manage to get out this weekend and go camping with my family at Tewkesbury Medieval Festival, which is the largest medieval festival in Europe, which probably really means the world because like all the medieval stuff you know is is all based on what happened in Europe isn't it so the Tewkesbury Medieval Festival takes place at the site of the battle at Tewkesbury that was part of the War of the Roses I got to briefly meet my idol Ronald Hutton who I've been wanting to meet for a long time and every event that that Ronald Hutton does I'm like oh Ronald Hutton's there can I go can I go to this can I get childcare for this Ronald Hutton's there I don't know who he is right so Ronald Hutton is um, an academic historian who writes about pagan times pagan people and he has an amazing book called Queens of the Wild I bet I've got some books by them and I don't even realise. Queens of the Wild, Pagan Goddesses in Christian Europe, an investigation. I mean, he's he's just a renowned scholar and all his works are incredibly researched and he's kind of like the font of, of all knowledge on pagan history and he's quite the celebrity in both the history sort of scene as well as the pagan scene so he's speaking at witch fest he speaks a lot about witchcraft at like universities and conferences and if something if there's a pagan event they are like bound to want Ronald Hutton there so you've got good chances of meeting him or seeing him talk at conferences around the UK. My eldest who is now non-binary previously they were called Eartha now they're called Neptune (laughs) for anyone that's struggling to keep up So Neptune went up to Ronald Hutton to get his autograph for me. And when Ronald Hutton asked what name to put on the autograph, Neptune said, Cornholius Penguin Bottom Weasley. (laughs) And I just died inside. I just died. Brilliant. I was mortified. You'll remember them though. (laughs) Cornholius. I would rather be forgotten. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, I was like, just put Neptune. <laughs> just put Neptune. A cool name, though. I do like Neptune. It's just another planet, as they say. Like, like, it was Earth, then now it's Neptune, both planets. You can't complain. The medieval festival was absolutely incredible in many ways because, as you guys 
likely know there is a lot of crossover between paganism and pagan interests and like history and lap and um, historical dress they were the most incredible stalls I got a cauldron on a tripod you know to cook over the open fire while we're camping in future and yeah the stalls were amazing they had the most beautiful um, fortune teller tent and it was she was really really nice was the fortune teller and she only does um, a couple of camps a year and she doesn't have like a name or social media or anything to find her by but she had the most midnight blue reenactors tent you know so it was literally like a proper medieval tent and it was midnight blue she had a shield that had been hand painted in like starry sky blue with like tarot cards on it to like advertiser and her chair was like upholstered fabric with like little stars on it like it was all blue with stars and it was beautiful and she was really really friendly as well and just really really knowledgeable and she'd been reading for a long long time so it was really really nice to meet her did you get a reading from her i didn't because it was rain it was really really dreadful weather and also yeah i get i get so many readings but I'm always um I don't want to say reluctant I mean in my line of work you've got to think because I teach people a lot of people practice on me so I get a lot of readings and I can do them for myself so oh, yeah. yeah I don't usually go do them yeah I went up and met her and had a good chin wag and looked at all the cards I was sad that I wasn't there yeah Sound really good it's every year though isn't it yeah yeah and it's free um it's completely free camping was I think 20 pounds for the weekend so we took Gertrude our big rainbow tent she's named after Winter's great-great-grandma who was born way in a stone and then uh, <laughs> from all the photos seems to be about over six foot and probably about 300 pounds from what I've heard <laughs> so yeah a giantess but yeah um so we took Gertrude and it was just an absolute blast an absolute blast really really lovely really lovely people all the stall holders were really really friendly and it was nice to be camping somewhere like that you know a big event like that and it not being for work because I think I'm like in the trap at the moment where I go to so many cool events but I'm sat at a tarot table with this it was just able to be an active participant with no role nice to see it from the other side we'll have to try and get Gertrude and Delilah together at some point which is my tent Delilah (laughs) Delilah, because she's delightful so I have been doing inspirational stuff since the last episode this weekend I went to the sustainability show in Manchester I think it's quite a new show it's in London usually and I think this was the first one up in the north could be wrong but it was smaller than I thought although the people that were there were pretty cool the the products were very mindful and eco-friendly my washing powder people were there small that I absolutely adore and that's the reason why I knew about it because they mentioned they were going (laughs) small washing powder but I went to some talks that really inspired me one was a guy called Javis Smith of the My Green Pod website and he's a shenamic thought leader although he hates the title thought leader because he was saying he, he rules with his heart and not his head which is really sweet but he is I think his website's all about connecting people and helping people look after the earth and being mindful of your stuff and he were doing a talk about being mindful for the earth when he got us he was telling a story and he got us all to meditate but you could tell half of the crowd were just really confused and a bit like what am I listening to this is a bit weird but half of us were 
obviously quite witchy and pagan I thought and we're loving it but yeah it was just saying where everything that you own has come from the earth even your laptop the plastics and your spray cans and your shoes and your wardrobe and your car all them materials came from the earth and so be mindful about it and take a moment just to do a bit of earth healing and imagining that you've got roots on your feet and all that kind of stuff it was really cool and then somebody else who stood out to me was Jason Williams from Cloud Gardener so this dude, he's just got famous really quick. He did um, a garden through lockdown in 2020 on his 18th floor balcony. And it, it took off. He learnt loads about gardening and getting insects to come to his flowers on the 18th floor. And he's even got a fish pond in there. He's proper inspirational. He was doing talks about how to propagate and do tiny fish ponds on your balcony and giving out free seeds and stuff. Um, and he entered Chelsea Flower Show competition and he came second which is just phenomenal you know because he's so new to it all it just inspired me to get some uh, fish in the garden plants that are edible he were, he were growing edible pond plants i left the show feeling really inspired and not so down in the dumps about the future of the earth and pollution and all that it's nice i tell you what while in Tewkesbury, we were talking about a book it was written by um one of my good friends is um a lecturer at the university in Leeds and it was by his friend and he recommended it to me it's called Human Planet how we created the Anthropocene so I read it and it's basically um it talks about the Anthropocene which what that means is like when it's like the period in Earth's history when humans started to kind of really really take over and where the earth became like human centered and where we began to impact on like the climate the ecosystems when things like concrete began to spread and um, we were talking about it and it was actually 1600 is like the date that's given for like when humans had actually basically gone past a certain point and where we entered what they called the anthropocene wow so it's quite recent in human history really isn't it so yeah. we'd always had an impact but lived in somewhat harmony with everything else i think a lot of it's just to do with um in industrialization concrete building streets it's just just mad yeah and it blows my mind and we're watching that sandman on netflix and there were this thing where every hundred years did you see it where he had to meet this guy every hundred years and each scene was very similar to the last scene you know like Tudor and yeah tiny tiny little improvements and then this I think it was a scene from the 1800 to the 1900 was crazy different you know because we'd had the industrial phenomenon happen revolution yeah we'd had the industrial revolution happen and so like it was the 80s basically (laughs) They were just so like, oh my God, really put into perspective the big jump, you know, in a hundred years, how much it sped up. I mean, when you think of how much life has changed, even in our era, when you think you're you're only a, a few years older than me, but I think that age gap is enough that, that I grew up with a computer in my house and I'm quite yeah. confident that you wouldn't have done. No, I didn't. No, I think, it, I think with us two, you could tell quite a lot of the age difference because my bringing is so technology starved <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. i had a computer but it was just a big word processor it didn't have internet it took me ages to yeah. turn it on <laughs> it took me ages to boot it down so my first computer we got when i was about i mean not mine the family computer was i was about wow. five i had 
access to the internet by the time I was about eight or nine and God. I had like Neopets and but now it's like everyone has their own computer on the it's phone. It's like in my in my house everyone has their own computer. If I go up to my parents, everyone has their own computer and and their own phones, yeah. You carry the, you um, carry a computer around in your pocket, which is astonishing and bizarre in its own way. I, I always laugh because when I were at school, the teachers, the maths teachers, you've probably seen the meme used to go like, You need to get good at maths because you won't carry a calculator in your pocket everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, bollocks to you because I am. <laughs> yeah. But it's not even just that. It's like um, things like communication, I think, is, is really, really taken for granted by my generation. I have friends who, who I tell my deepest secrets that live in America, that live like across, you know, at the other side of the planet that I've never actually met in person. And we tell each other everything. In fact, one of them even live streamed her birth so that we could all be at her birth. Wow. <laughs> like, which I think is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's it's expected that that you're contactable at all times, isn't it? Or like that you'll phone back within a certain time frame where like I guess for our parents it's like if you were out, you were out. If someone knocked at your door and you weren't in, that's it. Like go yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. Picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. What a time to be alive. Anyway, let's move on to our chosen topic for the episode, which is going to be all about witchy camping. So witchy camping. Yeah. So this is something that we speak about a lot and it is the season. Really, summer is when you want to spend seven weeks in a tent. I think a lot of our listeners maybe already camp or go to festivals and some of you will hopefully be inspired by this episode to go out and go camping with your children and it's something that's really really special to us and we talk about it a lot but this is probably the most useful time for us to talk about it yeah the beginning of the camping season I think in my personal experience camping is very marmite you know some people absolutely love it and want to do it all the time some people are just like no I need a hotel bed and some warm running water and a breakfast and stuff but it's just amazing to be out on the ground and being off the grid and not having to do any jobs or staring at the mess. And I think it's interesting because you say it's like Marmite. You get what you want out of camping. And this is something that I think a lot of people that think they don't like camping maybe don't understand. It's like last year, I wanted to go to Scarborough for a little holiday. I wanted to spend a couple of days there. And I think winter was maybe only four months at the time, maybe four months old. We went camping and the tent was just a base for our stuff. While we went, you know, in the arcades and on the beach and, you know, all the stuff that you do at a a day trip, it it almost wasn't even like camping, really. But then I also remember the first time I took Neptune camping and it was while I was pregnant with winter and it was very much like what you think of when you think of camping, you know putting up a tent and playing you know like little board games but I think what we talk about when we talk about camping is more witchy camping <laughs> so what do we do at witchy camping um, tends to be quite community based I think absolutely and it's it's just a wonderful way for people to connect with nature and with the wildest version of themselves and with spirit and that's something you can do on your own or as part of a community I do enjoy being with like-minded people. The camps we go to, I can relate a lot to people. And it amazes me people dress up at camping because you've got to take so much stuff. It's one thing I haven't quite achieved yet is taking all the dress-up stuff as well. 
Mm. Tend to just rough it a little bit, but it helps having a bell tent that you can put up on your own. Because I tend to just go with my two girls, so I needed a tent I could put up solo. And then you end up buying all this amazing stuff to accessorize it. Well, I do anyway. So I've got a little porch now, and then the bunting and the carpet and the <laughs> the flags. And yeah, gets a bit silly. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got a sofa in mine, so <laughs> I'm not one to talk. That's like um, glamping. That's over the hill to glamping. Yeah. I think even more than your tent, to me, witchy camping's about establishing those deep bonds. And that can be with people, with communities, or just with nature. And yeah, like just to, to circle back to the fact that camping can be what you want it to be. I suppose in terms of witchy camping, there are probably three main ways that you could do that. One would be to go uh, far far main ways one would be to go to something big like a festival where you might have spiritual experiences there might be music there or you know often there are spiritual activities and you know the sort of smaller scale of that would be to find camp communities so myself and swales are part of a few pagan camp communities specifically which tend to be quite private and though they have some stalls and some music and some activities it's very much rather than being like a festival it's about honing that sort of community spirit and connecting with like-minded people then you can camp as small groups you know you and your friends you and your family you and your own little pod you know maybe setting an intention and going out camping to connect over that intention whether that's like to spend a few days in retreat or to spend a few days connecting with nature or a few days in ritual or a mix but then you can also go camping by yourself I think it's absolutely lovely to go just on your own in your own little tent as well so like we go when I say on your own what I mean is without people outside of your family group like you can just take yourself on your own or go with your family and enjoy it and enjoy time out in nature or at um at an event or what have you oh you can actually just go on your own I have done that in the past where just me and my tent have gone somewhere yeah um I used to do it for work when I used to be a jewelry designer instead of paying hotels I used to camp just go to my stall but I loved it I remember getting somewhere finding a campsite and then I rocked up and it were empty and the guy said to me oh we're not officially open anymore but I just thought because you're working in the town I'll let you camp here which was probably dodgy at the time when I think about it because nobody knew where I was but I ended up camping next to a little stream and the sheep were coming right close up to my tent because I was the only tent there they were roaming and it was just lovely just to open your eyes and hear the stream rushing past and then hearing the sheep outside my door eating the grass next to my tent. It was amazing, actually. It's probably one of the best camping experiences I ever had. But at the time, it was a few years ago now, so I didn't have a posh phone which tracks you. I remember my husband going like, yeah. I have no idea where you are. You didn't tell me where you were. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, and I think this is something that I'd love to do. But at the same time, I feel quite cautious, which is why I like going with my family unit is it's like you know this weekend when we were at Tewkesbury the spot was beautiful really really nice you know in the trees but it was just relaxing to be there I would like to be able to relax on my own but at the same time I would always be wary of people and I think if you're on a campsite with people you scare like for me as an anxious person I'm like anxious about what those people might do might they rob me might they harm me in some way but then if I'm on my own I'm like now there's nobody around to stop me from getting Maddox murdered 
<laughs> and maybe I've just listened to too much My Favourite Murder. But you have, yeah. It is a bit scary. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to you've got to think about these things. One of the places if you did want to go on your own or in like a small group um or with just your family and experience this sort of deeply relaxing connection with nature style of camping then nearly wild camping seems really really good we have um, like a communal membership to nearly wild camping which is essentially it was built um as a way for people to connect to connect campers with beautiful wild spaces but that were owned because obviously just camping out on your own is i guess technically illegal yeah it's a lot of people do it can't do it can we yeah, a lot of people do do it in this country. There are a lot of people who, who do wild camping, but nearly wild camping is a way of having all the positives of wild camping, but without any legal repercussions. Farmers shooting at you or anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've, they've got like levels, aren't they? They've got these little fires. It's like five fires is basically a wood with no running water to drink from a tap, no standpipe and no toilet and no car access. You know, that is like the most wild that's listed on there. I tend to go for maybe three or four flames. It's like there is a there is a compost toilet and a standpipe. That's all I need really. I don't need much else. But some people like the showers, so it'd probably be one or two flames. I don't shower when I can. I don't either. I think I it's like a neurodivergent <laughs> thing. Like I don't I don't like showering anyway. It's just a sensory hell for me and yeah. um yeah and it's a chore and it's like it takes up loads of time out of your day where I'd rather be doing other things so for me I just don't bother when I'm camping depends on how long you're camping for though surely but I don't sweat I'm like Prince Andrew oh I don't sweat <laughs> I don't sweat none of my family do yeah if I'm doing three nights then I don't but if I'm doing more than three nights then I have to because I just can't stand it when I wake up and you're all it's funny because you have that hot and cold thing don't you where you're sweaty from being in your sleeping bag all night and then it's also cold so it's like a weird hot cold thing you get when you camp depending on the season you go in but uh, yeah oh god I love camping just talking about it is making me want want to go out there when yeah. I camp what do we do when we camp then so when I camp with my girls try and do nature-based activities there's a lot i've got a book called camping with kids by simon mcgaff and it's hundreds of fun things to do with kids it's actually a really cool book and it's lists of different things and things you can cook and activities out there there's a really good one i like called the matchbox challenge where you give your kids a matchbox and tell them to go find something that'll fit in it you know that's really unusual and treasure hunting it feels like it's from the 60s or something but we do that we've done that one in the past and they come back with really cool pebbles or tiny little flowers and arrange a little flower garden in this matchbox it's really cute yeah we take a bag full of crafty stuff just old magazines and glue paper my two like to just stay in the tent cutting and pasting sticking and making crowns and we do that for a long time in the tent like their little den i think um there is absolutely loads to do when you camp in particularly with children there are loads and loads of ways of connecting with nature with children but i think specifically thinking about witchcraft there are loads of ways to include that in your camp whether that's sharing rituals or sharing stories around a campfire group meditations communal meals are a really really lovely thing to share and can do things like grounding exercises energy work divination 
spell casting, communing with deities or spirits, but also things like foraging. You know, we in our last episode together, we spoke with Lisa Cutcliffe from Agilis Wild Foods all about foraging and I think that would be something lovely to do while camping is to go on a nature walk and begin identifying different plant species. I'm gonna say have you heard of um, journey tea? Yeah. It's pretty cool so you'd get a big flask of hot water and go on a foraging journey picking stuff that you know you know is all right to eat obviously that you like the look of or you like the smell of and then you put it in the flask as you go and then at the end of your walk you've got this amazing tea that you've made it's really cool I love the idea one of my uh, witchy friends told me about a few weeks back journey tea and she was saying she's done it a few times and she's only ever had a gross brew once out of all the time she's done it so I was like such a lovely idea journey in tea yeah, I think foraging would be lovely. And obviously identifying things like plants, even like if you don't want to pick and eat them, I think just looking for them, observing them, thinking, oh, what's that? And sort of identifying it is, is very, very fun. It's kind of like a treasure hunt. But as well, birds, because you get different birds in different areas of Britain. So I think like I always like when I'm like, oh, I've never seen one of those before. Chiff chaffs, chiff chaff, chiff chaff. Like, oh, that's <laughs> a chiff chaff because it says its name. <laughs> I think just walking in general, specifically if you're camping somewhere where there's something sacred nearby, which may be a consideration for a lot of witches when they're picking a location for camping is, is there a sacred well or site nearby? Um, I mean, in Yorkshire, we have many beautiful and sacred places to go. And it's really, really good to get a feel for what is in the local area that you can maybe go visit. Is there a stream where you can go collect sacred waters is the spaces in britain where i've seen i've seen people share online where they actually go and pick quartz just out of the earth and you know i think just looking around and thinking what's nearby where might you go what can you do that's maybe part of your own practice i think is a really really lovely way to spend a day while camping and it kind of adds an intention to it for you singing around the fire is amazing having a fire when you camp is an absolute game changer yeah and chanting and drum journeying and dancing around a fire there's literally nothing like it like there's nothing like dancing around a fire Um, cooking on the fire marshmallows is a good one yeah yeah marshmallow communal fire in general i think is really really special and there are loads of ways that you can incorporate rituals into communal fires last year when we did pan's camp which is our own private camp that's part of the wider bell witch project which is our little private camping community we burned pine cones do you remember with little spell scrolls in them yeah and we spun yarn into colorful strings and then made them into witch ladders around the fire and people took turns to sing and read poems and it was just a really really special night and I think there's just it really really fosters a sense of community and deepens your connection with others but also with your wild self. I think it changes the landscape of the day. Days are a lot longer because you're outside the whole time especially in the summer and it'll feel like it's seven o'clock and it'll be nearly 11 o'clock at night which I really love you could do a bit of stargazing and take your time I just love that there's nothing that's required other than setting up a camp and then cooking 
a bit of beans on the flame and then setting down a camp there's nothing yeah. immediately you have to do char wise or I, I think that's probably the biggest pull of camping for me and I think it releases emotional burdens as well like as well as just helping you put them on pause and like escaping them I think it helps release them Um, you often feel like you've hit reset emotionally after a really really good camp so when does camping suck <laughs> Honestly, this is one of those things where it varies from person to person and I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say there are always comforts that may not be met while camping. That's something that you need to plan for during camping. So it's no good saying, oh, camping sucks because it might be too cold or it might be too wet the bed might not be comfortable or the ground might not be comfortable those are all things that you can prepare for in advance and you will observe this if you go out with experienced campers that while some people will sit and shiver um, on the ground in a sleeping bag I'm on literally you know like the Ikea fold out futon beds it's like it's a sofa that folds into a bed um it's not from Ikea it's from Argos <laughs> sorry so it's literally it's a sofa by day and it's a bed by night and I can't feel the earth beneath me at all and I always have my own duvet my own pillows I have a hot water bottle in case it gets cold so it's one of those things where like you can prepare for any eventuality beforehand but then sometimes it sucks because either you're not with the right people or you're not in the right place I think is the main concern for me Mm -hmm. and that's something that I think everybody needs to to consider is when to say no when to say I'm not putting myself through this one earlier this year you may remember I was meant to read tarot at Beltane at Thornborough the weather was supposed to be really really bad and my dog was in heat and I was just dreading for days on end dreading this weekend in the rain knowing that I'd have my kids needing to be in the tent and that they'd be like you know cold and wet and unable to enjoy it and also that we'd be stuck in with like a, a dog that was in season which you know might have meant other dogs might have been coming after us or like not leaving us alone might have meant you know it gets quite messy you know in terms of like your, your camping beds and your camping equipment and your tent nobody wants a tent that's got dog blood all over it do they um, nice. sorry for the visceral image <laughs> but you know for me I was like I am not putting myself through that and even though I would love to camp I've got to say no to this one for me personally anything where I just have a sense that, that the people there are just going to be knobheads is is not for me and that sounds it sounds awful but I'm just like if I've got six weeks in which I can camp I do not want to waste one of those weeks camping with people that I don't fit in with. But yeah, look for your tribe. And that's why we do as witchy communal camping. I think the yeah. year before we started camping, I actually did some of this camping with people that weren't my people, you know, and it was not a great experience. But you learn from it, do I mean you learn from you learn from experience and the more you go out doing it, the more you'll understand. Game changers camping for me, the hot water bottle is an absolute game changer. Oh. I Take your water, water bottle when I'm camping. Keep you warm at night. Keep your kids warm at night. Also, recently, I got a tri-frame for my Delilah Bell tent. So that gets rid of the middle pole and frames the tent three points on, on the inside. So it means you've got a whole space inside. For a free meter, it makes a really big difference. So that means I can lay, me and my two kids can lay vertically side by side. And when we get called, we can cuddle up in a big double, which is just an absolute 
life changer for me because before we were kind of going in a little triangle shape around the pool and I was desperately trying to snuggle up to my youngest Aww. to keep warm. <laughs> See, we're only in a four, a four metre and, and we've not had that problem. But also I would say co-sleeping if you've got children yeah. um, while camping is absolutely a must. It is a must, yeah. To warm. keep them warm. That said, Winter, who's my baby, and so with, with Neptune, I co-slept with them from birth. This is probably off on a bit of a tangent. I bed shared with Winter, with Neptune from birth. Absolutely loved it. And even nowadays, they'll still get in my bed sometimes. And then nine. And I absolutely love and cherish my nights with Neptune in my bed. With Neptune, I think the difference is I'd have woken up. I never would have rolled on her. My instincts were like on point. Where with Winter, because she had such a difficult birth, because I when when she was born, I had COVID and um, I had a fever and I didn't get to meet her for like four hours after she was born. I was so exhausted in those days after the birth that co-sleeping wasn't, wasn't an option. And even nowadays, she'll get in with me in the early hours of the morning and we'll cuddle up together. And I love it, but I would never go a full night with her. Because I just know that I'm not safe to do that with her. I know that my instincts aren't wired up to wake up if I rolled on her, for instance. So I wait till it's like early hours of the morning where I know that like that's like where I sleep quite quite lightly. And I would co-sleep with winter while camping. However, because we've got the way that our beds work we've got like a few beds sort of side by side and I'm worried that she could roll into one of the gaps and that I wouldn't wake up and also when we were going to co-sleep when she was first camping it was just too cold so I kept her off her ground in off the ground in her pram and it's warmer up there obviously than being on the ground so it just feels that bit safer for her we were on about when camping sucks weren't we yeah. So yeah, when you're not with your people, when camping becomes a burden, it sucks. And I think if it's and when you uh, forgot your cha- your camp chair, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I've done that in the past. Forgot my camp chair. Yeah. Where am I going to sit? <laughs> and I think um, it's it's worth mentioning that there are people that will take substances while camping, and if you're one of those people, that can make camping a really good experience, but it can also make it a very negative experience or even dangerous and if you're not one of those people you may want to be mindful if those people are around you don't take loads of valuables because there's absolutely no way you can keep them safe yes we leave all the screens at home all the ipads and i take my phone and my wallet and that's it and i wear a bum bag throughout and just keep them on your person at all time because there is no security in camping other than the car i guess leaving in your car yeah Don't, don't give them the opportunity Mm. all right so do you want to do should we do shout outs next i'll let you for this episode's little shout out that we do we was thinking of shouting out uh witch fest um, and they run markets and events throughout the country i think isn't it up and down in the midlands and in london um kind of like a conference witch fest in london is a witch conference me and jodie went in 2019 I think it was yeah and uh as the first time I'd stopped us didn't uh, for the next couple of years yeah it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that so it was quite a new territory to me but I remember being amazed at a conference for witches and medieval babes were singing on the stage and I met and Dave the Bard yeah yeah I discovered 
is it Dan Dan the Bard? It's Dave, yeah. It's spelled D A M H though. Oh yeah, yeah. He's awesome. If you don't know him, check him out. He's blooming brilliant. Right nice guy as well. Um and then you learn stuff, yeah, they do talks and lectures from witches that have written books, like you say, and then there's tarot readers and astrologers and people who make hats and photo booths and I don't know, what else is there? <laughs> there's always like a disco on the night. Yeah. And it's and, in November yeah. at the end of the year. I think it's the eighteenth. I'm reading of tarot there. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There's a plug. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. has got um, a tarot table down there, and I'll probably just go just to hang out and be a proper geeky witch <laughs> and <laughs> pester her between bookings. I've got a subscription magazine. I think you can sign up to, and you can become. Used to be a membership, but now it's like a donation thing where you get perks for being a subs- subscriber of something. I think they've changed it all since COVID lockdown, but they do a camp as well called Children of Artemis. 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 Children of Artemis. I'm so dyslexic. Artemis. 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 They run a camp called Children of... I can't say it, you say it. They run a camp called Children of Artemis. Which I think is in the Midlands somewhere. That's an historic camp that's been going on quite a long time now. And I did book a ticket once and then it got candled because of COVID. We should try and go. I think next year they're rebooting it in 24. So it's worth a look. Get your camp on. Meet loads of witches. Learn loads of cool stuff. Buy loads of tarot cards. You want to say the website? Um, It is witchfest.net. Witchfest.net. That's simple, isn't it? Have a look. I'm just looking up the camp. I don't think there's much on it at the moment. They're doing that whole sort of like, oh, we're planning something. What could it be? And everybody's like, oh, it's camping. <laughs> the Artemis Gathering. Children of Artemis. And then the camp's called the Artemis Gathering. And you can get a membership to be part of the community mm-hmm. online. I think they do a lot of online Witchfest events, online yeah. Zoom conferences. It's a good place to find signposting and books you can read and courses you can attend it's quite a cool little community so yeah. Matt, if if you've just tuned into this episode if you've just discovered us we've got a few behind us now and the last one spoke more about camps i'd attended solo with my kids might be worth going back and having a listen out to play festival that happened recently it was very good let us know if you do go camping this is something that we get asked about a lot, how you get in these witchy camps. And the answer is you have to discover that on your own. So there are some amazing festivals and then there's some that are quite private and quite niche and quite secretive. And it's up to you to go seek them out. <laughs> um, but let us know which ones which ones appeal to you. Let us know where we can find you. Or... It helps to be vouched for as well. I think the stuff I've gotten into i just got into my first one and then people tell you then do you know what they attend and then they vouch for you so it's almost like you need a stepping stone camp to get you into the community and then that community will supply you with more information and you'll find out what what you're drawn to and but it is a very personal journey so we don't just want to reel off a list of places you should attend because i think it's a bit of a cop out and also it'll mean so much more to you if you discover it yourself lovely meeting you all see you guys soon bye happy camping happy camping (laughs) before i sign off i just want to let you know of my um recent offerings i'm working on getting places to offer reiki around leeds Um, I've managed to secure a second venue, which is the Left Bank in Burley Park. It's that really cool old church building that's been taken over as a community art space. No Jodie 
does a lot of workshops there, tarot and bone reading. There's amazing events, festivals, music. We've just recently finished the poetry festival there, which was absolutely fantastic. A week of non-stop poetry and workshops. I was there every day and Saturday I did 12 hours at Left Bank of poetry so Sunday I was recovering (laughs) all day but uh, yeah it's a brilliant venue and they've got little caravans outside which they rent out to independent businesses and I was lucky enough to secure a place offering Reiki in this sweet little cosy caravan out front and that should be every first Wednesday evening of the month to begin with so my first one is actually this week which will be a day after this podcast comes out which might be a bit short notice but it is pay on arrival £20 for 30 minutes from your friendly green witch with crystal healing and crystal grids and a bit of calm music and a nice place to just relax with me and have a bit of healing uh yeah so that's a new adventure as always thank you so much for listening i really appreciate you giving up your time to hear what we've got to say me and jodie feel we are getting better at it and getting the swing of it thank you so much for the ratings we've received so far i think we've got 14 on spotify it'd be awesome if we could make it i'm gonna say 50 by the end of the year would be great and it really does help spread the word on our small little podcast and also yeah if you could rate us and review us on apple podcasts i'd be eternally grateful to help us right that's it from me have a great couple of weeks and we'll see you next time for episode 10 bye witches stay magical